Hey everyone, it is Greg, the Ski Physical Therapist, and I'm back with another episode of the Legacy Podcast. On today's episode, we actually do not have a guest, but what I'm going to do is I really want to talk about the topic of returning to skiing after an ACL tear. Now, with ski season coming up, I know a lot of you are probably wondering, hey, is my knee in the right place to get back to skiing? And this is what I'm really hoping to answer today. So what we're going to do is answer the question in two parts. You may identify with someone that is either one, coming off of surgery and hoping to get back to the ski hill, or number two, maybe you had an ACL tear, you didn't opt for surgery, and you're going to test out the knee and see if it's ready for skiing, and then if it's not, then maybe later you will go ahead and get surgery. A lot of the people that come on and that I talk to usually have two types of stories. The first story is they were at the mountain last season, cruising along, and for whatever reason, maybe they caught an edge, maybe someone ran into them, or they were doing something extreme, like say going off a jump. Whatever happened is the ski gave out on them with the long lever of the ski, it torqued their knee, ultimately resulting in the ACL tear. Really, really sucks that that happened. And while I haven't personally seen that in my life, I've worked with many people that have had this exact story, and it really, really is tough because one, obviously there's the physical pain, but then two, you have to go through the mental aspects of rehab and recovery, knowing that your season is ended, and also the time after that, especially if it's a winter thing or a spring thing, that a lot of the summer activities that you do are going to be on, put, on hold as well. But maybe you're the other flip side of the story. Maybe you are actually doing that spring activity or summer activity, say hiking, maybe playing basketball, playing soccer. You cut, maybe you have that non-contact injury of the ACL and boom, your knee went kaboom and and now you're dealing with the ACL injury. Well, for you, maybe you tore your ACL about nine months ago and you had surgery and now you're awaiting um, to the point where snow is starting to fall and you're like, hey, Am I going to be able to ski this year? I really want to help answer that um, as well. So for the first part, let's talk about non-operative care. And when I say non-operative care, this category specifically talks about those skiers that don't have to get surgery. So back when I was in school, I graduated, and almost all of the people that I saw that tore their ACL had surgery. More recently in the last few years, there's been a lot of research that has come up that has actually been very interesting that has shown that you don't necessarily need to get surgery um, for skiing. Now, not everyone falls into this category, but for a certain group of people, you're actually able to continue to ski at your particular level without getting surgery. Now, what I will say is this doesn't apply to everyone. And also, if that applies to you, maybe you significantly have to change your skiing style. So let's go into this a little bit more. Skiing itself really is not a, an activity where you put a big side-to-side load on the knee where your knee has to stabilize or the ACL would stabilize the knee in that position. Think about a sport like soccer or basketball. As you're going to cut around someone to go for the ball or you're cutting someone to go and shoot, 
that is going to be a large load through the ACL, and the ACL really has to stabilize the knee during those movements. Well, if you're not someone that plays soccer or plays basketball, or maybe you just don't need that type of stability, then I would argue then there maybe is no point in for you going to get a surgery that you don't need because what can happen is if you go in and do a surgery that's not needed, one, it's going to cost you a lot of money, but then two, you're going to be able to still do the activities that you normally do. So for this group of people, you're going to be able to ski most likely, assuming that you um, present with the clearing criteria that I'll talk about later in the podcast. However, sometimes there are certain folks that are non-operative and or they believe they're non-operative and then it turns out actually, you know, even even with skiing, your knee can't handle the forces and your knee continues to give out on you. Um, in that case, surgery would be indicated for someone that um, really wants to continue to ski with their knee giving out on them. So really for someone that is non-operative, um, it's really, really important that they build the stability back and build the strength back around the knee um, in order to stabilize the knee as you're going down the ski hill. The clearing criteria for getting back to skiing um, for someone that is non-operative is going to be very, very similar for someone that is post-operative. But I'm going to say it a few times so that way it's very clear. I look for four different criteria. So the first thing is I want there to be a 90% symmetry between the right leg and the left leg in terms of the injured leg compared to the non-injured leg. So for example, if your right leg was the injured leg, I would want there to be a minimum of 90% strength of the quad on the right side to the quad on the left side. The quad, which is the muscle on the front of the thigh, is the primary stabilizer of the knee. And if you do not have adequate quad strength, you're just setting yourself up for more injury. Well, in this case, you may think, well, if I don't have an ACL, there's nothing more to hurt, right? Well, that is true regarding the ACL. There are so many other structures in the knee, for example, the joint cartilage, the other ligaments, um, and the, the joint synovium itself, that if you don't have that stability of the ACL and you continue to irritate the knee, then it can lead to arthritic changes more rapidly, and you could be someone that is looking at a joint replacement by the time you're 35 or 40 years old, and that is not a good situation to put yourself in. So number one criteria is we want to look for 90% strength of the affected limb to the non-affected limb. The second thing I look for is one, or to number two, what does your dynamic control look like? So for example, when we're skiing, obviously skiing is very much of a balance activity. So if you can't even balance on your limb where you tore your ACL, there's no way in heck I'm going to put you back on the ski hill because you're just setting yourself up for failure. On top of balance, just statically standing there, we need to look at dynamic balance because skiing is very much of a dynamic balance type activity. By dynamic balance, I mean your ability to move through the full range of motion through the joint and control it fully at low speeds and at high speeds. So this would be something like, can you stand on a single leg and can you do a single leg squat without holding on? Can you stand on top of the box and jump off of the box and land on the ground? One, by sticking the landing, but also two, by having really good landing mechanics, meaning that the muscles above and below the knee are able to stabilize the knee. The third thing I would look at is during your normal day-to-day activities 
or even during the recreational activities that you play, have there been less than one episode of the knee giving out? If you have episodes of the knee giving out, I generally don't recommend that someone continue to ski. And generally, I'll point them in the direction of going and opting for surgery. Because like I said, a lot of people that tear their ACL tend to be younger. And we don't want to have those early arthritic changes, which potentially could lead to a joint replacement way earlier on when we don't need to. And lastly, I would want to see Is there any fear at all in returning to the activity? I know we're talking about skiing, but it would be other activities too, whether it be hiking, biking, and other things. For skiing in particular, being very scared or being scared at all is going to make someone hesitant to really commit to driving the skis and getting forward in the boot. We really need to get forward in the boot in order to control the skis and turn the skis. And what happens is when we're scared, the body's natural instinct is to lean back. This unpressures the tips of the skis and makes it very, very challenging for us to turn and drive the ski. When this happens, it means we don't have good control of the ski. And that means we're going down the hill um, out of control and reckless, which is going to increase your chances of falling again or crashing and potentially having a bigger injury. So as a review, for someone that is non-operative, we want to have 90% strength of the affected limb to the non-affected limb. We want to have good dynamic balance at low speeds and high speeds, including absorbing impact upon dropping down. We want to have zero or less than one episode of the leg giving out with all activity. And number four, you have to have extreme confidence and no fear getting back to the activity. If that's the case, generally, I look at the entire circumstances, not just those four clearing criteria and say, hey, you're good to go. But I take into account what is your skiing history? What is your level of physical demand that you're getting to? What type of skiing do you want to get back to? And a multitude of other factors, including how has the rehab process gone to make a decision if you're good to go back to skiing. All right, so now let's flip the script. Maybe you're that person that tore your ACL last season and you're looking to get back to it this season, or you tore it, say, mountain biking or running um, last season and you had surgery and you're looking to get back to it again. So by this point, a lot of people say, okay, well, the typical timeline is between six to nine months to return to the ski hill. And while there is research to say that if you delay the onset of you getting back to the ski hill, that shows there's a decreased risk of retearing. I know our ski season is very limited and people say, well, if I wait the full nine months, that's going to be the whole ski season has passed. <clears throat> well, what I'll say is those studies that were done on returning people back to sport, those are done on mostly cutting sports, remember? So like soccer and basketball. Now, skiing in itself does not put as much of a load on the ACL compared to those other sports. But that doesn't mean, hey, you're moving well at six months, you get the golden ticket to return to the ski hill. We use the same clearing criteria that we'd use for someone that is non-operative as we would use for someone that's post-operative, meaning that we would want to look and see again, one, do you have 90% strength from right to left? Number two, do you have good dynamic balance and can you absorb impact upon dropping down onto that single leg? Number three, are there less than one episode of the knee giving out? And number four, do you have no fear or apprehension of getting back to the ski hill? Now, if you have these criteria, obviously you've had the surgery, but you know fear is something that 
can hold us back from doing what we want to do. So I always say, if you are fearful of getting back to the ski hill, we can do a lot of things actually on dry land in order to prepare us to get back to the ski hill. And that's exactly what I do and specialize in helping people with. I really come in and help people when they have been discharged from traditional physical therapy to understand, one, what are their limitations? And two, how do we overcome those limitations so that way when you get on snow, you actually have the control and the confidence to reduce your risk of getting re-injured. Now, an ACL tear is no joke. It's a very big surgery, and you don't want to have another one. So making sure that you are very, very strong and you have the right control of the skis, getting back to the ski hill is very, very important. Some of the recommendations that I have are definitely one to take a lesson when you get back to the ski hill because that is going to help you identify like what are the flaws in the technique of your skiing that are potentially putting you more at risk for falling. But even before getting to the ski hill, what I would recommend is actually putting your boots on at home and just walking around and getting comfortable moving around in your boots. The other thing is I would want you to kind of flex forward, flex back, and just see how it feels in the boots as you put, like, imagine yourself putting these skis on edge. Then actually, if you have a chance to, what I would recommend is actually taking your skis out at home, putting them on the carpet or on the grass, and really try and put those skis on edge, side to side. If you have a couch that you can lean up against, try and push into the floor as you lean up against the couch and see what it feels like to put those skis on edge. Yeah, just get used to the feeling of being in the skis and how they're moving, and that way you can gradually build up your confidence so that way when you get to the snow, the only variable that you're now controlling is moving on a slippery surface. Skiing, getting back to skiing after an ACL tear can be very, very scary. And I know that because I've worked with a ton of people over the years to help them do that. I know there's probably a ton of questions and each individual case is very different. Even if you had the same timeline of someone else that had the ACL tear, your level of skiing is going to be very different than probably another person's level of skiing. But what I will say is when we're working to get someone back to the ski hill, and if you're working to get back to the ski hill, you want to look at training at the intensity that not only equals the demands of what you'd be doing on the ski hill, but that exceeds the demands of what you're doing on the ski hill. Because if you train above like what you're going to experience on the ski hill, you're never going to encounter a situation where you get halfway down you're fatigued, and now you have to force yourself to go all the way down and put yourself at risk for an injury. A prime example is, for example, if you're training for a marathon, why would you only train to run a half marathon and then try and go all out and run that marathon? Doesn't it make way more sense to know? It's like, okay, I ran a marathon in my training. In fact, I can run the distance of a marathon and a half. And that way, by the time you go and run the marathon, maybe you encounter like terrain that's more challenging than the training you've done. Maybe there's more hills. Well, because you've trained beyond the demands of what you would experience on the hill, even if there's more challenges, you still have so much more capacity for what the body can handle and your risk of injury goes way down. So yeah, guys, I just want to say thanks for listening. Um, if you guys have any concerns about your individual case, I would really love to help you out. Make sure you go to my website and you can book a call with me, www.meettheskipt.com. And I would love to help you do a consultation and see, hey, like when does it make sense for you to get back to the ski hill? And if you want to work with me one-on-one, I'd love to help you do that this season um, and beyond. 
Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.